You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello friends, welcome to Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm so happy you're tuning in, everybody. We got a fun episode today with a new friend and hopefully longtime friend of mine, Zoe Greco. So I'm actually recording this like in the past. You're listening to this in the future. We are headed out of town to get into the sun, to the Arizona sun. Um, that's actually where Zoe lives, and I'm just so excited to feel some heat. I feel like spring is here, and so, yeah, trying to just live my best life, enjoy some time away. Um, but this episode, I've been really excited about getting this episode out there. We actually did a little podcast swap. I was on Zoe's show, The Rebel Mystic, Mystic Rebel. <laughs> I love it. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, and she is just so, I don't like, I say magnetic a lot, but I feel like this is bigger than that. She's so in tune with who she is and how her gifts can benefit the world. And I'm really grateful to have her in my sphere. We actually share the same editor, Katie. Katie is the flipping best. If you are a podcaster and you need someone to basically do all the work that like isn't as fun in podcasting, she does it. She's the best. I will link her information up in the show notes because I just cannot say enough good things. I actually found her by way of Zoe. And yeah, this is a small world of of healing and of, of spirituality. And I feel like Zoe is somebody that all of you should know because she has such amazing gifts to share. So let me tell you a little bit about her. She is, again, the host of the podcast, The Mystic Rebel. She's a healer. She's an intuitive. Her brand, um, The Merhipsy, is just, it's really unique. And she's done so much to develop it. But also, she also just listens to what the universe has to say about when to step back and like what to lean into. So again, she's an intuitive healer. She's a spiritual coach. She's an intuitive empath. So I mean, she doesn't say that she's psychic, but that's that's her gift. She she really touches into spirit for answers and, and how to dance with this world that we're living in. I love how she talks about the connection between intuition and joy. And that joy is really this like needle on the on the barometer about where we need to go. When you're feeling joy, when you're leaning into joy, you know that you're on the right path. And I think that can be hard because it's often easier to sit in that negativity or that victimhood. But when you're feeling full of joy, you take some work to get there. And when you do, when you take those steps forward, you get closer to what she calls those divine appointments, right? Those moments where we meet the people that we need to meet in this life, where we 
touch on the right topics to explore, where we read the right books. And again, I'm just so happy to have Zoe on the show. I'm going to link all of her information up in the show notes. If you'd like to learn more about her, um, check out her podcast. A huge shout out and thank you to our show sponsor, Odell. Odell is our sponsor this month in April. They're clean hair care. It's a Minneapolis started brand by three working moms who are just amazing humans. And all Yoga Magic listeners get 15% off in the month of April when they use the code yogamagic at odellbeauty.com. Okay, everybody, let's get to this discussion on intuition with the Merhipsi Zoe Greco. Okay, so let's just hop in. Like, I am be curious about you being in Arizona. It's amazing. So I'm actually from the East Coast. I'm from New York and Connecticut. So I grew up in a very different environment than the Southwest. And then I went to college in California and then found my way to Arizona. And this is probably my favorite place I've ever lived. It is, it's funny because I think people outside of Arizona have really like wildly different end of the spectrum kind of understanding of this place. So we either have like Sedona, hippie, dippy, granola energy, or we're like red state Republican, like hardcore gun toting. And the truth is like all of that is factual, but in the middle you have just like normal, cool people. We have like a great downtown. Phoenix has a great downtown. There is so much delicious food here. There's definitely a very strong like wellness presence here because we have, you know, we have Sedona, but we also have Phoenix where we've got lots of like resorts and things. So there's that aspect of it and every town in the, so Phoenix is like a, it's a valley, right? So we're like in right. the center mm-hmm. of the mountains and every town in the valley has its own vibes. So you've got like Mormon mm-hmm. town, you've got like hippie town, you've got ASU where all the, the college kids are partying. You've got like the arts district. Um, and then you've got Scottsdale, of course, which is like bad and bougie uh like everyone's you know like fancy town over there okay and and we all we all make it work and I just feel like I've never been happier living somewhere I love the desert I love the heat um I love the mountains like it's just and it's in proximity to anything you want to go to Vegas bada boom you want to go to California bada boom you want to go to Mexico bada boom like you're pretty much like right in the center of like other cool things to do. Um, the only thing you're going to miss here is water, but we do have man-made lakes that you can like go out boating on yeah. and go like jet skiing and stuff. Um, oh. but it's, it's the tits dude. It's the best. <laughs> it's, so it's, that's it's like awesome. the best description of it. Like there's so, it's just like, there's a lot and not that we're at, you know, where we're at right now, there isn't, you know, things that are great. It's there is, but it's just, it can get so isolating to be indoors mm. so frequently. And so, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm like with you with the heat too. I do. I like heat. Like I want to, like I do hot yoga. I mean, that's like a lot of people do like, yes, please. You do spend quite a few months indoors in Arizona because it's so hot, Too hot. but, but if you are willing to wake up at like 5am to go on your hike, then you do get your outside time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're willing to like, you know, be in a pool or, you know, mm-hmm. there's ways that we, we spend time outdoors, but there are like it, 
it does get up to like 120 degrees. So whoa. For, okay. for those who understand Fahrenheit, Celsius, I'm not sure what it is, but uh, it can be, it's very hot. So we do have a couple months of the year where it's like, hey, like don't be outside too much. And also don't like carry anything flammable because it will just catch on fire. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah. Like it's, we're very intense here about like, don't go out into like the parks with flammable things because it's just so easy to catch fire because of just the heat and everything here is dry. So it just, it will catch so easily. Um, so I would say we, we're trying, we try to be mindful of that, but we also have Northern Arizona where we've got like Sedona and Flagstaff where it's cooler. And a lot of people spend summer months kind of going up there to adventure and do really cool things because it's more moderate. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And when I moved here, I thought two years tops, I'll be here to expand my education. And then I'm out because this place is dumb. And they say it takes two years to fall in love with the desert. And I would honestly say after two years, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to live here forever. Like I'm building my house. I'm grounding into this place. And I love to travel, but this is where I want to be long-term. I love your house, like seeing your house on Instagram because you guys just built that, right? And it's still being finished. I would say okay. in six months, we're going to be completely done. Um, we just started construction on a pool in the middle of our house, mm-hmm. which will be really cool. Um, so now we're down to like a few indoor projects and then like all the landscaping, which will take a while, but it just feels like a retreat. I, I've been telling everyone, like I didn't design a house. I designed a resort, like a very small private resort that no one's allowed in except for me uh, and my husband. <laughs> but it feels really sacred. And of course, you know, we have people here safely, you know, when we can, but right. it feels like such a sacred space and our house is full of like crystals and very like raw earthly things. And it's just, we designed all of our bathrooms to feel like a spa. Like everything is designed to just feel super elevated um, because we both work from home and we spend 100% of our time at home, especially after COVID, I mean, during is still happening, right? Like because of COVID, we were like, we just want our home to feel like an absolute sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Um, And so everything is just very intentional. Like everything in the home is very intentionally brought in. Um, And so we just feel really peaceful here. Oh, goals. I I love our house. Like I do. It's it's an older um, converted horse farm so there's this huge like barn and it's all like this acreage and it's really cool but there's something really special about like how you said like when you created it like you created it from your vision every little touch has like you and your husband oh my gosh that's you could do like you got to pitch to some like home magazines or something because it's like it's next level (laughs) well people don't know this but interior design is one of my main passions and I think if I wasn't doing spiritual work, I would really want to move into design as a career. And so, and I've never lived in my own home before we've always rented. And so I think people are just now, like, I think people knew I was into it, but I don't think they really got it. And when they come over or they see pictures, they're like, Oh, like you look like you, you design things. And I was like, yes, I do. Thank you. So it's also been, it's also been really cool to like flex that muscle realistically for the first time in my life to like the fullest extent and also to have a vision and actually be able to materialize it has been really fulfilling for me as a creative. So the home has been like a piece of art that we've been working on and it feels, it feels like that. It feels like that when you're in it. So I feel like I accomplished it. And every time a room gets done and it looks like I wanted it to, I'm always like, whoa, I, 
I did it. <laughs> I really did the thing. Like, this is so exciting. So we are just loving it. And we're doing a ton of it ourselves. My husband is like so handy and he learned that from his father. He's just, his, their whole family is so talented. And so, so much of it we're doing, you know, bootstrap and it feels good to do that. And like, you know, spend all weekend on a project, like mm-hmm. building one shelf and we're like, wow, you know, the intention. Oh my gosh, this is so inspirational. And it, it works really well into what we're talking about today and in, in that of tu- intuition and just, you know, like creativity and channeling your, your gifts into things that, you know, make our life special is it's harder to do than just to say, you know, like so much easier said than done. So I'm, I'm so excited. We're talking about intuition today because you, you're the intuition queen. I've been doing those tests on Instagram, like all the time. I'm not, I'm bad at them still. So yeah, don't Don't worry. I've got you. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to, I'm going to walk you through it. Okay, good. Um, so can you just tell listeners, you know, about your work, about what, how you got here? Like, what was the journey into this just really meaningful work that you're doing right now? Wow. First of all, let me just say that being on the other side of the microphone, so to speak, is so funny because I don't think I've had anyone be like, tell me about yourself in a long time. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, where do I start? I personally have been a very spiritually driven person my entire life, very naturally. And by, you know, the grace of spirit, I was born into a family that doesn't necessarily operate the way I do. My, My mom and I do have you know, energetic and emotional, spiritual similarities, but my parents both just really understood the concept of allowing your child to find their own unique relationship to the universe. And so I was never baptized. I had a a naming ceremony where everyone passed me around as a baby, wished me well, and I wore a flower crown. And there was like Joan Baez music in the background on an acoustic guitar. And I feel like if my parents didn't want a professional intuitive as a child, they should have set a different tone for me. Because I feel like that experience really was like, hey, like you are made of granola. Like there was nothing, you know, what was I, what was I supposed to grow up and be besides that, you know? But because I had kind of that support you know, even as a, as an infant, I would be in the tub and say like, Oh, I, mom, I chose you. Like I picked you from all the moms. And I would talk about like pre-life experiences. And luckily, even though I'm sure part of her was like freaked out, she was like, Oh, cool. Like, tell me more about it. And so it was just really nurtured in me. So by the time that I got into environments that might otherwise be detrimental to my spiritual growth, like for instance, I went to boarding school, a private boarding school in the East Coast. So like I come from a very like rigid academic background, Um, you know, applied to Ivy's, was expected to go into something kind of very mainstream. By the time I got into those environments, I had already solidified so much within myself, like who I was as a person that my environments didn't really have the ability to drain that from me in the way that it does, that it happens for other people, because the draining sort of begins much earlier in life. And so by the time you're, you know, individuating as a person, you are so far disconnected already from who you authentically are, that it's, it's a lot harder to regain that or reclaim that. So I definitely, I've actually found that to be on my personal journey, really obviously helpful, but I've found it to be kind of detrimental to me in my career in that I don't have the same story as my clients or my listeners or my followers, because they mostly 
did not receive that kind of support. And so it's not something I've ever had to remember. It's something I've, I've always had, whereas I'm teaching others how to remember. Um, and I had to learn the process of remembering because I didn't go through it myself. So in order to facilitate it for others, I had to go and learn it. Um, so I've actually found that to be a really interesting dichotomy in my, in my journey. Like I want to provide something I didn't myself experience. And yet I don't, I don't believe that my offering of it is any less valuable for not having gone through it myself. So that's been really interesting, mm -hmm. but basically, um, my kind of story is that as an adult, I moved to Arizona after college to study alternative healing. So at that point I did decide, okay, I want to do this as a career, even though I hadn't studied it, you know, previously, it wasn't my, my focus in my, you know, my academic career. And so I moved to Arizona and I started working at a healing arts college and um, I ended up losing my job there after having wanting after having wanted to quit for quite some time because I had a boss who was a supervisor, not a boss. I had a supervisor who was um, inappropriate toward me. Um, and so I felt like I was very young. I was kind of trapped in that environment. I felt like this was my way into this field and I needed to stay there. And I was just very confused and the universe saw that and they, they created a way for me to be released because I, I couldn't let go of it myself. And that's a valuable lesson. I tell people all the time, like, if you know, something's not for you and you don't let it go, the universe is going to go ahead and take it from you. And, and 100%. you know, I, mm -hmm. I appreciate that. So in the moment I was like, Oh my God, I'm broke and I have no job. And it was actually from literally nothing like a $5,000 loan from my mother that I started my business. Um, and within a few months I was profitable. I rented an office before I had the money for it. I, you know, invested in a website before I had the money for it. Like I took all the necessary leaps of faith because I, I knew I was in constant communication with spirit. It was saying like, it's time, you know, along the way, I, I tried to resist it. I was like, I'll apply to other jobs. And spirit was like, no, you can't have one. Like we're, we're on a mission. We're going this way. And I was like, please over here. Uh, and so after starting my business, it just kind of grew quite quickly. Um, and within a year, I was able to make significantly more than I'd been making, you know, at a, a very good, respectable job. So much so that the school I taught at asked me to come, I mean, the school I worked at asked me to come back and teach business development. What? Yeah. In less than a year. I think it was literally May to November. Like, wow. yeah, in the span of a single year, I lost my job in May, started my business. And by, I would say November, October, maybe in that area, uh, they were like, Hey, you're doing quite well. Do you want to come back and teach, um, you know, spiritual entrepreneurship? Uh, so I, ever since I've been just rolling with it and, um, my business has transitioned a lot. I started in, you know, just one-on-one -on -one client work, working with people as an intuitive guide. And it's now kind of morphed into more of um, education and intuition, like development tools. So I've published two Oracle decks. I have my podcast where I, you know, teach lessons like this all the time about, you know, just through the experiences of other people, I share client sessions. And then also um, I have my mentorship program where I guide people in a 30 day process through mind hacking and lifestyle changes that will reactivate their intuitive senses. So that was something that um, I spent a lot of time like channeling and researching. And I just feel super strongly about teaching. I feel like that's where I'm the most fulfilled and the most 
complete in my work is when I'm teaching other people. So I teach the intuitive development. I teach a sound healing certification course with a partner. Um, I, I'm a musician and I do that as well, like sound healing. Um, and I just, I've, I've allowed myself the freedom to say, oh, I'm interested in this. I'm going to pursue it. And I found that the universe reciprocates with abundance and support and facilitation. And I, so I'm just kind of doing this dance with spirit of like, what, like what, what's my next assignment? And, and then I take it and I run with it. Wow. That's so, I mean, that's so vulnerable really too. Like you're, you're at the whim and you're feeling out like, what is my next step and, and putting so much trust. I think about this a lot. I'm, I'm Capricorn moon. So I just, I have a lot of, and a mother of two littles and just like feel this control mm -hmm. all the time. And to me, when I'm trying to control every little thing, it's just such a lack of trust. And I know that, I know that that's you know, lack of trust in, in what my path is and, and in spirit and all these things. However, to hear you say, like, you just, you get the information and you go with it, whether or not you feel like, you know, on a mind level, like this is what you're supposed to be doing. You go with it. Yeah. What did spirit, like, how did that feel when you were growing up? Like, I know you said you've always been really in tune with, with that higher self, with spirit. Like, it, was that overwhelming when you were younger? It didn't really become overwhelming until I was in college. And it started to get more intense. I was doing a lot of mediumship at that time, which I categorize specifically as speaking with those who have passed on. And that started mm -hmm. to make me uncomfortable. Something, some kind of gateway opened and I had to go seek support to kind of figure out what was going on with me. And I did not have the adequate support or tools, but I figured it out. But earlier in life, to be completely honest, it felt like, a game. It felt like I was playing mm. witch, you know, like I was playing like, you know, like when you're little and you like, you want to make potions or like, you know, go in the woods and you're like, this is my home and my coven. Like I was doing that, but I was serious <laughs> about it. I was like, this is me. Like, this is who I am. I'm a witch guys. Like I identified so much with like Sabrina, the teenage witch. And like, you know, these, these characters that I saw because there was no really clear uh, or like realistic representation for anyone like me, um, except for toward, I was like maybe eight, nine, 10, my mom started taking me to psychic fairs and like introducing me to other intuitives and sound healers and channelers and, you know, energy practitioners. And, um, it wasn't until that point that I think I started to be like, oh, here's like a real person, like a, like a person in front of me that does what I do. And, um, mm -hmm. before that, I think it started to, it just felt to me like, like a game, like, oh, like I, I have imaginary friends or like, I was just driven to do things or practice things. Um, and I, I think it genuinely was like training, like spirit was training me to like, take myself seriously. Cause trust me, the world did not want to take me seriously. Like didn't, you know, yeah, especially I, can I look that. young for my age and having started my business at 23, people legit thought I was 12 years old. So like I had to really like really sell myself. And so I think spirit helped me practice taking myself seriously so that I could take myself seriously until other people could take me seriously. Mm -hmm. And it's, I imagine that, I mean, you have to be really like confident in your gifts and who you are in order to sit in that because people, I was literally just talking about this on Instagram. People don't like to see others doing well. I wish that wasn't the case, but it is, it's just, this is the reality. And like for someone like you to like step into this successful business immediately and like in an area of 
I don't know, a cult, if you will, like people aren't used to yeah. it. I can just see the haters like, and, and that must be really frustrating. But so you as a confident individual rooted in who you are, you know, was, did you experience that? Did you experience any pushback or did you always feel like, nope, this I'm doing what I'm doing? You know, somehow I swear someone like opposite of hexed me. I think someone like straight blessed me because I've been in like a yeah. bubble of protection where people just love me. Like I've only really ex- like received love. Um, I've received skepticism. I've received like, you know, doubt, but I've never received hate that I can really think of. I think the most difficult thing I've ever experienced was doubt, like from people in my lives, my, my life who like worried about me or were worried for me, like their concern was difficult for me because I just wanted them to believe in me from the beginning. Um, and it, and I think to this day, I'll tell my dad like, Oh, you know, I had this opportunity or this thing came up and he's just like, I, I don't under-. like when my podcast started charting, he was like, I don't like, I can't even fathom this is real. Or like the first time I, I got um, asked to go and bless this really big business. It's kind of like a famous business in Phoenix. It's a, it's actually three businesses all connected. And I, I don't want to say who, cause it's confidential, but I was asked to go bless these businesses. And there, it was like 22,000 square foot building. And they paid me like thousands of dollars to go and, you know, do this. And so I told my dad, I was like, oh yeah, today I went and did this. He's like, how much do they pay you for that kind of thing? I was like, oh, you know, like 3000 bucks, whatever. And he was like, he just started like uncontrollably laughing. And it's not because he doesn't, you know, like believe me or believe in me. Um, but he just can't, he can't fathom it because he comes from such a different world. You know, like he's an attorney. He had to, you know, live in a career and work in a career that he doesn't even really like and claw his way into success and, you know, all these different things. And for me, it's just like magical. I'm just like, yeah, like this person just contacted me out of the blue and offered me all this money to go and sprinkle like sparkles on their building, you know, like, and he's just like, what the how does anyone get to do that? So, um, it's been it's been really fulfilling on some level to like prove that wrong. Um, and on the other hand, more than anything, it feels good to like assuage the fears of anyone who was concerned for me or worried for me. Um, but nowadays, all I get is love. All I get is support. Um, mm. Just constant, constant uplifting from my friends, my family, my followers. Like I feel so incredibly loved. And that's another thing that I think, you know, is a position of privilege for me in my journey that, I think a lot of other people suffer in ways that I haven't suffered. And sometimes it feels really unfair. You know, like I think we have to examine our privilege and, and it feels very like un, unequitable, you know? And I think mm-hmm. I have to just ask myself, well, like, why didn't, why wasn't my suffering this, like this? Like, why didn't, why wasn't this the shade of my suffering? And then I remember my suffering has been ample and different. It's been its own type of suffering, but, um, I think that some of us have to have a smoother path in order to help others feel confident stepping forward. So like, I recently had a friend tell me, you know, I don't feel like I, like, I don't feel like I feel the need to make money from healing. And I was like, that's cool. And I respect that, but I feel like I have to be a baller in this field so I can prove to other people that they can do it too, because they're so scared that they'll, they won't have an abundant life doing this work. And it keeps them from pursuing what they love more than anything. And I just don't ever want someone to turn away from their passion. And so if I can be an example of like, you know, abundance and prosperity and fulfillment, um, 
then that's what I want to be. And, and I want to turn around and use that obviously to bless other people and do good things. It's not just for me, you know, once I have enough clothes on my back and a, and a house to live in, you know, then, then what do I do with all of it? Right. Like I want to put it somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said, my suffering has shown up in different ways, but I think that's for a, a very important reason. All right, everyone, you've heard me talk about my favorite shampoo and conditioner, Odell, on the podcast and on Instagram before, and I'm so excited to share that they are our newest partner. Odell is clean, inclusive, fancy hair care, but not too fancy to share hair care for you and your people. Something I love about Odell is that I don't have to have a super crowded shower because me, my girls, and my partner can all use this awesome gender neutral hair care products. So this brand was co-founded by three Minneapolis-based working moms, and it seriously checks all the boxes. It meets Target's clean beauty standards and then some, meaning that they don't include the 1,300 plus toxins that are banned in the EU. It's gender neutral, it's inclusive, and nothing tops $12. Plus, it's vegan, cruelty-free, and sulfate-free. So my family uses the volumizing shampoo and conditioner, but Odell has products for every hair type. Curl defining, clarifying, you know, whatever you're looking for. And they even have an air dry styler because God knows we're not blow drying our hair out anymore. <laughs> okay, so if you're ready to check out your new fave hair care products, head on over to odellbeauty.com in the month of April and use code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off of your order. That's O-D-E-L-E beauty.com and use code YOGAMAGIC to get 15% off all April. This must be like spirit speaking through you because I, I like really needed to hear this today. It's just so, I, I mean, I've always grappled with this being in yoga and, and, and feeling like I am not worthy of the, the magic of yoga mm. and, and like sharing it and Ben and, and making money from that, from this, this like, you know, deeply spiritual practice that is not of my heritage. Right. right? Like, at the same time, though, I like I like how you say that. Like you're really you're using your your magnetism, your your many gifts, and showing people what's possible. You're an expander. You're doing this to help others, and also ultimately help others see what's possible. So kudos. I'm just Thank I have a full body goosebumps right Thank now. You. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about intuition because I know this is your your area of genius and. I, there's a lot of people talking about intuition, but I don't feel like they're doing as good a job as you are. So you. in your words, what is intuition? This is my favorite question in the world, except for, yes. um, would you like this puppy? That's actually my first favorite question <laughs> in the world. And that's the answer is always, yes, I would love that puppy. Always. Um, right. Intuition. And like, just fair warning, one day away from my cycle, very emotional about intuition in general. I may absolutely cry. I might not. Please, um, please. Because to me, it is the most loving gift we're ever given in our lives. In my mind, we have spirit, we have this creator and the creator wants us to always know that it is with us, that we are divine, that we are created from goodness, that we can find our way home back to oneness and goodness and love and truth. 
and we get dropped. It's like, it's like getting dropped off in a, in a foreign country where you don't know anything and you don't know anyone and you have a compass. Like intuition is your compass. And all you know is you have to go north. You got to go one way. So as long as you have this compass and as long as you know where it's pointing, you can get home. You can get where you need to be. And without the compass of intuition, we would be so lost. And so when I, when I think of people and I see people who like don't understand it or don't embrace it or think that they don't have it, it, it makes me, it crushes me because I'm not special. I'm, I don't have superpowers. I'm not unique in any way. Like anything that I do, you are capable of. Anything that I do, we are all equally capable of, which is why my program approaches intuition and intuitive development through mind hacking. Because if people don't feel like they can step into the belief. Okay. Then we're going to start with your thoughts. We're going to start with your brain chemistry, firing synapses to make sure that you can at least begin to think the thoughts that will get you there eventually, because our thoughts create Mm -hmm. our emotions, our emotions drive our actions, which creates our results. Right. So like, it's this, it's this process. And so if we begin with our thoughts, we can achieve literally anything. And we see that talk to us all the time, but intuition is the, is the guidance that we get in any moment, except it's accessible to us for free 24 seven that helps us get back to where we belong. It helps us stay on our path. It helps us get to our final destination, which is just to go back home eventually. Uh, and it helps us to know where we need to show up and be on our, like in our divine appointments. So like you and I are having a divine appointment, um, you know, mm-hmm. When we have experiences with clients, we're having divine appointments. When we met our soulmates, right? Those were divine appointments. Um, So it just helps us to show up on time to those experiences. And the thing that I think people really overlook is that joy is the needle on that compass. Joy is what helps you figure out what direction to move in. The things that make us happy, the things that bring us that, that feeling like, and I know we've all felt it at one time or another where it's just like this, this moment of like ecstasy just washes over you. And you're like, yep, that, Mm -hmm. that thing that makes me feel good. And very often ego will come in in that moment and say, that feels too good. No, that's, that's too much for you because that's ego's job. Ego is like the, the, the worry word. He's like, don't go over there. Like you're going to die. And you know, intuition's like, take a jump, take a leap of faith off this cliff. And ego is like, don't jump off the cliff. You'll, you know, you'll fall to your death. So we're constantly like battling between these two voices. And joy is that thing that helps us figure out where we need to go. It's the thing that helps us push both of those, you know, opposing forces to the side to get clear. Um, and intuition will always work in tandem with joy. And it will always help you understand that even when it feels scary, even when it feels uncertain, you have to show up because that's where you need to be. Mm, that's beautiful. I love how joy plays into this. I, I had never really heard that before. And I had, I had a past life regression yesterday and I was mm. like the whole, like the whole like outcome that I had from it was stop making life like n- unjoyful. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the word yeah. is. <laughs> like stop making it so complicated, Ashley, just live in like the pleasures and the sweetness. And this is funny. Cause I kept seeing a bee and I looked up what like the spirit animal, like equivalent is of a bee. And it's, um, just to enjoy the sweetness of yeah, life. the nectar. <laughs> wow. And here we are having this conversation, a divine appointment. I know. 
totally meant to happen like this day. And I'm like, I'm, I'm literally like visualizing this needle of that's where the joy is. That's your intuition telling you what, what to do next. You know, how, how do we further develop that? I know that this is what you work with your clients. Are there any just like, uh, simple rules and you took mind tax or like, can you give it to us in a nutshell, kind of like what you do to help people develop this? The most effective thing that you can do to develop your intuition is the thing that people resist the most, which is to to act upon it, to follow it. Mm -hmm. And if people, if that's a struggle for people, then I tell them to start with the small things. So like, um, you know, let's say that you get an intuitive hit to, so this is actually a big thing, but it starts with a small thing. My biggest example is how I met my husband, which was actually on Tinder um, back in the day, seven years ago before it was, you know, a little raunchy like it is now. Um, back then we were just, you know, good kids trying to find a nice date to a nice person to take them to dinner. Uh, and so uh, I got this, this hit uh, on my intuition. It was like, pick up your phone and go on there right now. And then it was like, just keep going, keep going, keep going. And then I finally stopped on this, he says this isn't true. I know it's true. His main picture was him wearing one of those like horse masks that was really popular in like 2013. Oh, like yeah. with his head out yeah. of car window. And I was like, this is so weird. I love it. Like I'm here for this. This is awesome. <laughs> and he's like, I had a nice picture. That was like my second picture. I'm like, no, it wasn't bro, but whatever. Believe what you want. And my intuition was just like, you need to talk to this person. Like you need to connect with this person. And it was, it felt different. Like he stood out to me and not in like a, like, like, Oh, you know, just cause he's so hot or whatever. It was like, I really felt something about him. Mm. And then the, the moment I met him, my intuition was like, you know, this person, you've known him forever. You, you know him, you know, everything about him. Like I'm by the first night I, I hung out with him. I was like, I'm going to marry that guy for sure. Um, yeah. which, you know, I didn't tell him, immediately definitely told him too soon but not that night which was good because I probably never would have seen him again but when we when we get these little these little instincts like go on this app stop on this person like I think that's a hard example because people really want that's the result they want is like tell me spirit this person like is this you know so I I get resistant to use that example because love is something we search for so hard um and I don't want to kind of like set an unrealistic expectation but with just the littlest things. Um, like I was, uh, I was walking through a a house with my friend that she was looking at renting and I got just a bad feeling about the oven. Like just, I didn't, something just didn't sit with me. And I just told her like, Hey, I know you like this place. That's cool. I want you to live where you want to live, but I just want you to know, I'm not feeling good about your oven. Something I just don't feel good about it. And she was like, okay, whatever. And my friends like forget I do this for a living, like this is my thing. <laughs> and so after five months of her living there, it, it exploded. Her oven exploded. No. Yeah. yeah. So um, it didn't like burn the house down or anything. It was more like an internal sort of like, like implosion kind of thing. But, uh, oh, but she called me and she was like, I forgot your psychic. Like I should have just listened to you. And in the moment, <clears throat> you know, it was just a small thing for me to mention, like the oven makes me uncomfortable and it, it didn't, ma- it didn't materialize for five months, you know, for five months, it just seemed mm-hmm. like I was being a, a worry wart. And when we just speak on things or when we act on things, when we take a step toward whatever we're being guided in, 
it begets the next. So it's a constant, mm-hmm. it's a constant exchange with between ourselves and the universe where we are taking, um, you know, a step, we're taking an action step and we're met with opportunity, which requires another action step, which is then met with right. another opportunity. So it's this, this exchange and intuition is all about taking the action steps. Spirit does tell us exactly what to do, exactly when to do it. But for some reason, we're like, I never hear my angels. They never talk to me. Like, I never get told what to do. And it's like, did spirit tell you that you should start that juice fast? Did spirit tell you that you needed to get more sleep? Did spirit tell you that you needed to, you know, show up at this place or try this class or do this thing? Well, guess what? It's because you're supposed to be there. You're supposed to be doing these things. You're supposed to be connecting with the people that are there. You're supposed to be showing up on time. That is how intuition works. Intuition doesn't always come through like, some sort of, you know, crazy premonition. It's sometimes it's, it's just Mm -hmm. the little things. And so we have to, we have to start acknowledging intuition in the little things in order for us to begin to even be able to recognize the big things. And because we're already being spoken to about both the big and the small, but we just overlook it. We think it's our own thoughts. We think it's our own wishful thinking Mm -hmm. or our fears or our doubts or whatever, but we have to understand that pretty much all the things that are that come to us that help to move us forward in any way, like any thoughts of inspiration or action, that comes from somewhere else. And when we act upon it, it creates opportunity for us. So listening and practicing saying yes. So one of the assignments in my course is just for the whole day, you have to say yes to what your intuition says. Just do it. But even if it's like leave work, like okay. I got to go. Like, you don't know why you don't know what, like what that's going to do for you. It might not materialize for five months, like the oven, but it's going to make a difference. And when you start practicing saying yes, your entire life begins to change because you're not pulling yourself. You're not dragging yourself along. You're walking forward purposefully, which gets you there quicker. Like imagine if, you know, you were crawling somewhere versus walking there with purpose. Like, your, your, your desires are going to manifest more quickly. Your expectations are going to materialize faster or you'll get redirected sooner and know where you're supposed to be going. Right. Long answer, but important. No, I'm like totally vibing with this. So it, is it sometimes saying no too? I mean, is sometimes like the intuitive hit that I need to say no to this? Yes. I think the difference, not to say yes to your no, but yes. So I think that there's a really, there's a really, um, damaging misconception about intuition that it is like this forewarning voice that's like, don't get in the car on May 31st because yeah. you're going to yeah. die. Like, I hate that shit so much. I hate it so much. And when people come to me and they're like, I saw this psychic and she said, I'm going to die. And blah, blah. I'm like, that person wanted your money. That's not what, it, that's not how this works. No one knows when you're going to die. Like just, just, I mean, maybe astrologers. Cause that, I mean, that's mapping out our whole lifespan. But Mm -hmm. certainly not an intuitive. That's not what we do, right? We're here to guide you and keep you on track and affirm your intuitive thoughts. That's that's what I think a good intuitive does, um, a good intuitive practitioner does. But I think that people constantly expect that their their voice of fear is actually their intuition. So I've had clients, for instance, who have like uncontrollable obsessive thoughts about their children getting hurt. Um, yes. And I think that's common for mothers. I think that's common for, Mm -hmm. for parents. And I think it also, you know, can be indicative of your body chemistry and what's going on with you post birth or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, I, I get this with my dogs. Like we don't have children yet. We have dogs. And so sometimes we'll be out of the house and I'm like, I left their collars on and their crates and they're going to choke themselves. Like 
first of all, I didn't leave their collars on. Like I have to, you know, remind myself that's just fear. And we have to say no to fear. We have to say no to that voice that's confusing us. But sometimes our intuition will guide us to say no, thank you to an opportunity or will guide us to, you know, make like help us to say, to say no, thank you. Um, But intuition never comes with these big fat no's that's like, this is dangerous Um, because intuition isn't supposed to scare us. It's not supposed to freak us out. It's just supposed like, if anything, spirit will just be like, no, you don't need that. Don't worry about it. No. No no worries. And it could be protecting us from something really big. It could be, you know, protecting us from, you know, an untimely death, but spirit's never going to be like, that would kill you. Like it's your angels don't want to talk about those kinds of things. They don't want to, they don't want to terrify you. They want to inspire you. And so it always really freaks me out when people are like, my intuition like tells me all these scary things. I'm like, it's not your intuition. That's your ego. And your ego Mm -hmm. is its whole job is to terrify you out of doing anything that you actually care about. So relax. Um, Your intuition can warn you of things. It can help you, but it's never going to come at you with that like intense voice. And I'm, I'm positive that there are people who disagree with me about that for sure. And this is the way that I operate and it's worked really well for me so far. So I don't question it. Um, and this is what I believe to be true. What I've received as, as truth from my communication with spirit. Um, but I validate that, you know, we're all living in a simulation and we all get different (laughs) beliefs or thoughts about things. Um, and so I'm sure that some people do get more of a, like a, a, a dangerous sort of premonition type of intuition for me and for the people that I've worked with and the people that I support and the type of intuitive magic that I perform and do, um, I don't, I don't dabble in the dark, uh, and I don't think you need to, I don't think you have to. Mm. Um, so I would mm. say that the no comes from softer things rather than like the big horrible things, but it, the smaller things can protect you from the bigger horrible things. Right. Okay. That's really helpful. That's a great example. And, and you brought up the kid example. That's, that was kind of my next question is like, I often get, get sort of blurry. My intuition, my intuition doesn't always come in as clear or as like neutral as I would like it to when it's related to something as emotional as the safety of my children or, you know, how to best parent them. So like a little bit of a tangent, you were talking about like the kind of like the chillness of the mm-hmm. spirit yesterday on the same past life regression. I, we did this, something called a uh, life between lives where you go and sit down with your guides. And it was just like, Oh, it's amazing. But I kept laughing and the practitioner is a close friend of mine. And I'm like, Gina, my guides are so chill. They're just like, they're not They're You think they'd be like, Ooh, like super, I don't know, like serious. They're so they're, we're just like high-fiving. I'm like, what is this like? <laughs> so awesome. It's true. Sometimes people's guides will make me laugh. Like they'll say cute things yeah. or like sometimes some like guide energy or angel energy feels young. And so they say things in like such an innocent way, like, I had a client who was trying to manifest more abundance and she kept finding like pennies and nickels on the ground. And she was like, what are the, what is this? Like, tell me, so ask my guides why they keep doing this. So I asked them and they were like, she asked for money. And then I was like, oh, you, you need to be more specific when you ask for a manifestation because your angels don't, they didn't create money. They don't understand like, you know, 
Yeah. To them, it's yeah. like, it's all, it's all just a social construct. Like we could operate without money. It, it would be hard, I think at first, but we could do it. And so our angels don't like, they don't use currency, right? Like they don't get it. So they were like, here's some pennies. Like we, this is human money, right? Like human money here. And she was like, I'm going to need a little bit more than $4 and six cents. You know, like I'm going to need <laughs> scotch, scotch more. And so I always tell people like, that's a really good example of clear manifestation and clear communication with your guides. I use the example of ordering a pizza. You don't call up a pizza place and say like, I think I'll have like a medium pizza, like maybe with pepperoni, if you feel like it, or like, I don't know, like maybe onions, but I definitely don't want tomatoes for sure. That's, that's all I know. And they're going to be like, okay, (laughs) they're not going to know what to make you. (laughs) So it's kind of the same thing with your guides. Like they know what they want for you and they know where they want to take you. But we also have this gift of human free will where we get to make choices and ask for things and collaborate. We co-create our lives. We design them with spirit. And so if we're not asking for what we want, we're not being good collaborators, first of all. And second of all, we're not being clear. And so we're going to do what I call sloppy manifestation, where we end up with stuff that just Mm -hmm. like isn't quite what we wanted and like isn't working for us and like almost just creates like more problems because we then have to like contend with this thing that we didn't quite want, but like almost worked and like I'm thinking of a very clear example of a lighting fixture I recently had to deal with. So we can, we can do this with the things big and small, our, you know, life purpose, our lighting fixtures, like we, with everything we can, you know, have this dialogue, but we have to get clear on what we Mm -hmm. want and communicate Mm -hmm. that. And then our intuition will guide us in stepping forward into it and getting and moving closer toward what it is that we're looking to create. Mm. Yes. Okay. I hope that answered your question. I feel like that really okay. did. It really, really. I feel did. like halfway through, and I was it, like, mm, "Is this the question you asked me?" I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know. I feel like you and I could just like go. We're just, just we're vibing. We're vibing. We're, we're having a great time. <laughs> okay. So my kind of like to tie this all together, the idea of boundaries, I think, is something that's very critical to this intuition, to listening to your spirit, listening to your guides. And also protecting yourself from other people's energies, from, you know, your own ego or whatever it is. Like, can you talk a little bit about boundaries and how that shows up for you? I mean, from, I don't know you super well, but from what I see, what you put on the internet, you're so clear and you're honest, but you also have like real boundaries and you're not afraid to talk about them. Like, can you talk a little bit about that? (laughs) Yes, I can. Um, First of all, let me say that I think confidence and boundaries are very intertwined. I think a person who Mm -hmm. lacks confidence doesn't feel worthy of setting boundaries. And for me personally, my understanding of my worth and my understanding of myself as like a dope person, like I love myself. I think I'm super great. I like fucking love myself. I do. There's things, obviously I have like insecurities and I'm always like, oh, like I wish my pants fit me bound, but you know, whatever. But like, like, you know, like overall, like my pants fit, they don't fit. I'm still a boss bitch. Like I'm still fucking rad, you know? Yeah. And, um, I hope I can curse on your podcast. Feel free to bleep it. My kids don't listen to this. I find that like my confidence makes me feel worthy of saying like, I don't want you to treat me this way. Or I do. I, and so for instance, like you might've seen this on my Instagram, I had previous mentees try to replicate 
my program, my mentorship program. Mm, mm, And, um, I had to say to to these students, like, Hey, this, this overstepped my boundaries with, you know, even though it wasn't the exact same content, it was the same structure pricing. The title was super similar. Like it was Mm. all just, it was too similar. And I knew that I was their point of reference. And so it wasn't modeled after anything, but what I had given them. And so I just said like, Hey, I'm not, I don't like, I'm not enjoying this. And I, I want, I want to express that to you. And they were like, Hey, we're so sorry. It was two students together. Actually. They were like, Hey, we're really, well, first they were defensive. Right. And then they were like, you know what? We thought about it. Like, we're really sorry. Um, you know, we hope you can forgive us. And I said, I absolutely forgive you. And I I will not work with you ever again. Like I forgive you. I love Mm -hmm. you. I don't want anything ever, ever to befall you. That is not of the highest good, but you no longer are going to receive access to me. So, and they were like, well, that's not what a good mentor would do. A good mentor would like, like protect, like, you know, guide us through this and teach us, use this as a teachable moment. And I said, this is a teachable moment. You are learning that the consequence is that you lose your mentor. Like that's what you're doing. Like that, like you're learning, I'm teaching you right now through my absence, through my silence, through my retreat. That's what I'm teaching you. So I, I very often will lay down a boundary and people will be like, don't you think that's kind of harsh? And I'm like, no, not at all because Mm -hmm. I'm fucking great. And I, my energy and my time, my thoughts and my feelings are very valuable. And I don't want anyone to take that for granted or misunderstand that. So I've got to be really firm about it. Now that's more of like a personal boundary or like a business boundary. Um, That's me protecting my energy and my thoughts and my intellectual property And I have to do that on a daily basis as a business owner, but as an intuitive and as an empathetic person, as an extremely, extremely sensitive person who is like pretty much constantly on the verge of tears. My next tattoo, my next tattoo is actually going to say cry baby. That's like, I'm, I'm dying to get this tattoo. This is cry baby. I just haven't picked the font yet, but I'm like certain. I'm so, so excited about it. Cause I am a fucking cry baby. And I love that about myself too. Love that. I cry about everything. Um, as that type of person setting a boundary for yourself is what's called good spiritual hygiene. So to be an intuitive person or to be an empathetic person, if I went into a full day of sessions with clients and I didn't have any sort of separation between them and me as spirits, I would would then absorb everything that I received from them, that I heard from them, like all their pain, all their worrying, all of their, all their emotions would become mine. And that doesn't belong to me. And the reason that it's really important to do that, not just for your own, you know, protection of yourself, um, but self-preservation, but also because if someone has something that they need to heal and you're holding it for them, then they don't have what they need to work with. They don't have what they need to heal themselves. So Mm -hmm. if I took on and absorbed every burden and every pain of my clients, I would be almost like a, like a vault, just holding it all in. And they wouldn't have the pain to look at. They wouldn't have the, the feelings to, to move through because the only way we heal things is to feel them. The only way we, we heal things is to really face them and deal with them. So if I'm holding it for them, they don't have that thing that they need to look at. They don't have that thing that they need to feel. So 
not only do my boundaries protect me from my clients, they protect my clients from from not being able to heal themselves. Because my job isn't to heal you. Like I'm a healer, yes. But what I do is I open your energy channels or I bring up an emotion so that you can deal with it. Or I guide you into, you know, working with a different healer, whatever. I, I'm, I point you down the path, but the work is still yours to do. Even when you're on someone's table, like if you're receiving energy work and they're facilitating it, you're doing it. If you're laying there and you're resisting right. It's not happening. But if you're laying there and you're like, yes, I'm open, I'm ready, I'm willing, I'm I'm present in this work, then it happens. So boundaries, they're necessary in every facet on an individual level and in a client relationship. And even with spirit, like I have set very firm boundaries with my guides in the past and said, I don't want to talk to dead people anymore unless it's really important because I don't like it. Or I don't want to just know everyone's business because it makes me uncomfortable to know everyone's business. I don't think I should. Um, I tell the story very often about being in college and I walked out of my dorm and I saw this girl that I barely knew. I knew who she was and who she was dating, but I had never spoken to her before. And I heard like, oh, she's going to break up. Like she and her boyfriend are going to break up. And I was like, nope, 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 not my business. And I told spirit right then and there, like, I don't want to know. I don't even know this girl. Like I have no right to know these things about her. And so I set firm boundaries with spirit. And when I've wanted to reclaim things or be able to do things, I've had to, to say to spirit, I'd like to renegotiate this boundary because boundaries are negotiable. They can be renegotiated. They can be re- redrawn and, and rewritten. Um, they don't, they're not permanent, but they're necessary. And everything, everything needs a container. Like our souls mm-hmm. have a container, right? Like, everything needs a container to, to be able to make it manageable for us as humans. And so in our relationships, our work, um, we have to have boundaries to make things manageable, um, be able to be navigated and make them, you know, attainable and, and functional. Another long answer to your very good question. No, it's like confidence, self-worth to me, like that's all wrapped up in this boundary idea. And, and I, and I love how you bring it in with, it being negotiable and, you know, things change, things change. And like a boundary, a hard boundary in say, you know, a stage of life with two small littles is that like, I have to go to bed by flipping nine 30. Cause I'm tired AM. Right. Like in a few years, I hope that's different. Cause I'm old. Exactly. <laughs> but you have the right to say to those in your life, Hey, this is my boundary. Like I need this time yeah. for rest or, and you know what I think I see this so much, especially because I'm on TikTok constantly as a consumer, not a creator. Um, I just <laughs> haven't really found my, my edge on TikTok. I see young people getting really good at drawing boundaries. Like Gen Z is really, <gasps> yes. They, mm-hmm. I personally think Gen Z is the coolest. I love them. I don't mind if they don't like millennials. I get it. We, we have problems. Our, Nobody our, fucking likes millennials. Our boomer parents, like- you know, they did the best they could. They tried, but Gen Z, they, they have like yeah. a good head start. And I feel like I see Gen Z doing this and my friends and I practice this all the time where we set boundaries, even in our friendships where we're like, Hey, you see that I'm a really busy person. You see that I have a lot going on. Um, you know, it doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't care about you, but I can't, I can't hang out for the next month. Like I just can't. So please don't ask me because I don't have it. I don't have the bandwidth. I don't have the time. Um, but I do expect you to come help me move in two weeks, you know, because that's what friends do. Like these are, and, and I respect that more than anything, like just it's honesty, it's like communication, right? So boundaries 
in every form and every way, like we are worthy of asking for those things. So when you're saying, you know, I have to go to bed at a certain hour, like I hope everyone in your life knows that and respects it. I hope that you turn your phone on, do not disturb and that people, you know, don't even try to text you anyway. Like I hope that your boundaries are honored in that way by everyone in your life, because that's what you deserve. So we all deserve. And when we respect another person's boundary, it helps us to also know what to expect in being respected in our boundaries. Like everything you give, you get, and everything you get, you give. So when you give respect, you receive respect. And when you receive it, you have it to give back to someone. So I think setting boundaries is just invaluable. Um, and I can talk about that all day long, but, um, you know, <laughs> this episode is probably already jam packed. <laughs> It's like so much goodness in here. I want to work with you. I want everyone to work with you. I know that you're like, are you even taking clients right now? You're just like a jam. I'm only taking clients for the podcast at the moment. Um, But if you, if anyone is interested in having a session on my podcast, it's completely anonymous. No one knows who you are, except for those who know who you are. Uh, You can connect with me on Instagram at the underscore merhipsy or at merhipsy.com. I am doing email readings still. So if people submit a question through my website, they receive a response via email. And I know people can be skeptical of that, but I promise you they're just as effective, if not more so, because I'm able to sit there and like be articulate rather than try and like just babble about whatever's coming through. I get to like really sit yeah. and reread it and rework it. Um, so yeah, I'm still doing those and then podcast sessions and then of course the mentorship. So if anyone's interested in the mentorship, the information will be um, on my website very soon. And you can always just sign up for my um, my email list to be notified about that too. Perfect. We'll have this all in the show notes so people can get to hang out with you via the internet. Oh my gosh, Zoe, this was legit. I, I'm so pumped. We, I learned so much. Oh, Thank you. It's my honor. It's my honor to to share with you. And I'm super excited to have you on my podcast very shortly and hear about all the wonderful magic that you have to share with others. And I can't wait to, I can't wait to actually sit and listen to you rather than talk at you. Um, I feel like it's going to be really <laughs> fun to, to listen to you. So I'm looking forward to, to that episode and hopefully everyone will come and check it out on the Mystic Rebel podcast and um, listen to what you have to say as someone who is some, on someone else's show. I think it's fun for our listeners to hear us on other people's shows because it's like, oh my God, that's what you sound like when you talk to other people. So <laughs> I think it'll be fun. That's good. Awesome. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Thanks to Zoe. Thanks to our show sponsor, Odell. And thanks to you for telling people about yoga magic and sharing these episodes with your friends. That really makes the most difference in the growth of this show, in these self-care and self-discovery tools, reaching more people. So go ahead and share this episode and tag at Yoga Magic Podcast. And have a great week, everyone. I will see you next week.